Hey, just a heads up. This episode you're about to listen to, the second in a two-part series, is an interview with Andy Belanger about his work with Psycho Gorman. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you might want to go back one and hear that first. After the scary music, you might get a few spoilers. So let's get on with the show. Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Progressively Horrified, a podcast where we hold horror to progressive standards it never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the incredible and incredibly weird Psycho Gorman. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me tonight, I have a panel of cinephiles and cinebites. First, they're here to invade your house and find queer content in all your favorite movies. My co-host and comic book writer, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you tonight? Finally, a movie with a happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) And we picked her up at the spooky crossroads of anime and sexy monster media. It's co-host and comics artist, Emily Martin. How are you, Emily? Coming directly from the crossroads, especially on Sexy Monster Avenue. I will say I do like Hunky Boys. (laughs) And this Psycho Gorman gets my entire Sexy Monster approval. Nice. S-class. And our special guest tonight, a comic book artist and writer, the artist and writer of Mother Trucker, publisher of Lethal Comics, and pro wrestler, uh, who I've had the pleasure to work with in the past, hailing from Montreal, Canada, the incredible Andy Bellinger. How are you, sir? How's it going, guys? What's going on? Hey, so glad you could be here tonight. S- yeah, same. Uh- this movie is my new everything. <laughs> this feels like scientists took my brain out of my skull psychically dissected it and then made a movie specifically meant to appeal to that brain scan and that movie was pg psycho gore man yeah that's how i felt too i i I had to get it it was hard to get in canada at first you could only get it through apple there was no way to sort of like watch it because it came out in the pandemic so it wasn't being screened anywhere and it was only kind of like had come out in festivals i think a little bit but it wasn't like when it dropped, it was only available in Canada on Apple. And uh, basically, the few friends that I had that had seen it just freaked out. And they're like, there's this movie that just came out that Andy is going to lose his mind for. And after it started coming out, everyone was just like, you need to make a comic book out of this. And as a comic creator, you know, of 25 years, that happens a lot. But this one was like, as soon as I saw this movie, I was like, exactly how you felt. This is a movie I have to make comics about. And I have some connections in the sort of like the Canadian film industry. And I know a lot of like directors. I know the guys that did like uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the the wrestling documentary, and they did Hobo with a Shotgun. And they had they knew Steven Kostansky, the director, or you know, I'd met him. So through some of these channels, I actually got in touch with Steven and uh, the producer, Peter Kapolsky. And uh, I just straight up pitched them. And I actually had to do a full pitch deck, like professional pitch deck to get the gig. Yeah, I had to beat out a few other comic places, oh, but yeah. <laughs> the, just the talent of my, my buddies doing the book, I knew that the comic creators I could bring to the project were bigger than any other publisher, small publisher in comics that could. I wanted to make a heavy metal magazine style thing, but man, that movie just blew my mind. I've obviously seen it now like, you know, 50 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are few movies that I've ever seen. I mean, there's a lot of movies out there that make good comic books and, you know, movies that almost good movies from comic books and good movies. 
But this movie, I haven't seen really any other movie quite like this that is so perfectly tailor-made for a comic book. The, the world of it feels so big. It, it feels like you, you get this like brief interlude with the paladins in here. And it's like, oh, there's this whole other like series of stories around these guys who have just the most nuts designs. And uh, you only get them just so briefly. And you have this whole panel of aliens that are deciding everybody's fate. And you know nothing about them other than like what's said in this room. When the Council of Aliens showed up, I had my notes. Oh, it's the Council of Power Ranger monsters. And then there was the fight against the paladins where they're getting hit and sparks are flying out. And I'm like, oh my God, they are Power Ranger monsters. This is amazing. Well, the thing about it is that I feel like comparing it to Power Rangers is going a little bit backwards because like Power Rangers is like the light cereal version of this four course meal of just everything ridiculous that you can find. And it's so delightfully self-indulgent. The the designs in this movie, I mean, the, the, everything is practical effects. And they're all so fantastic and creative and over the top. Like the guy who is a washing machine for corpses or something. I, I, oh, I, love, the I love Corpse Bucket Man. Yeah. And then the, um, the person who's like a walking graveyard. My um, favorite effect in the movie is when Pandora smears the blood on her face and it, like it melts away to reveal like the human face she's stolen underneath. Yeah, she, yeah. she's my favorite. So the, the comic we're doing is a heavy metal magazine style comic and every short story revolves around one of the characters that's on the council and how they survived Psycho Gorman. That, that's the, the magazine we're making. It's like 78 pages something like that and it's all by different artists and creators and yeah it's all wrapped around that but mine is the biggest at like 13 or 14 pages and it's all about pandora actually it's about how pandora actually doesn't do anything and she has a sidekick guy who's a total like he's like this super warrior but everyone just treats him like a loser and he's the guy like that gets everything done but no one respects him which is very much steven's humor so steven kind of came up with the concept the two of us sort of like went on the idea for that story. So I'm actually working directly with Steven on my Psycho Gorman project that I'm drawing for that. That's amazing. That's awesome. cool. I'm very um, excited yeah, to see the story of brain of brain in jar man. Oh oh yeah tube man. Tube, tube man. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I got my buddy Alex Zirit to draw that one. But Steven Kostansky is basically like the Phil Tippett of Canada. Like the Phil Tippett, uh, and if you know Phil Tippett, he's the, you know, Robocop, uh, yeah. Jurassic Park, Star Wars, practical effects guy. Steven has like a warehouse in Toronto where him and his crew actually do, like, I, I know they, they do practical effects for like the boys. So he, during this process of making this comic, he was on the boys for a long time doing all the practical effects and his own movies like uh, Manborg and uh, Psycho Gorman and The Void and Biocop, I think is like him just like pure unadulterated Steven. Like he comes up with amazing, we're coming up with like new comic books that he's going to write that we're going to draw for him that are that like the ideas for that stuff is like super wild as well. Did so, he do the, the effects? Did he do the designs for this movie too? Oh yeah. yeah. This is all from Steven's brain. So I, I love Steven because I, I, I really sort of like, I get along with him amazing. And when we, we jam out on stories or creative stuff, it's, it's like that thing you would have when you're 13 and you're hanging out with your friends reading Fangoria magazine 
wanting to like invent your own worlds and your own monsters. And it really feels like, like that. And that's what it's like talking to him. He's just totally in love with designing and making stuff like that. It's uh, super, super cool. It feels like there's just this pure unadulterated joy that yeah, I, I feel I from the spell. Effects guys get into writing and directing because like, even, even when the movie doesn't turn out to be good, at least like it's wild. At least there's a lot of like big ideas and stuff in there. Yeah. Like James Cameron, right? He yeah. was an effects guy. I'm I, in love with the dad. The dad's name is Adam Brooks, the actor. He's uh-huh. so the, funny. He's really so funny in this movie. He's a brilliant painter and illustrator. I got him to do a comic in the thing. And we have That's like so cool. cereal box cutout masks made out of cardboard that actually come with your magazine. And he painted like the, the face for that, for the, the Psycho Gorman. It's like so, brilliant. Yeah. But he has that one scene where, I don't know, Something about it just killed me when he's in the truck, right? And he's like, his wife's always yelling at him and calling him lazy. And uh, he's about to pull away and he goes, how's this for lazy Susan? And I was like, hey, I remember having a lazy Susan in my house. I can't believe, I can't believe they, they worked lazy Susan into this script. That's amazing. I don't know if anyone else. I wrote that line in my notes. I'm like, ha ha, wordplay. Yeah, yeah I lo- I, I, that killed me. I, so I've had lots of conversations with, with Adam about like working on the movie and, and the guy's like a crazy comic book machine. Like that guy knows everything about comic books. And that he presumably did all of his own stunts, including the crazy ball flip. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so I have a question. Speaking of crazy yeah. ball, will any of the comics have a transcript of the rules of crazy ball? Oh man. I don't think we have that, but we should put it in there. Okay. I mean, we're, we're still working on it. I'm like right at the tail end of making this magazine. So I think as, we should put that in there. That'd be amazing. That's crazy. Well, my favorite monster in this whole thing is Mimi. Like she's this actress is fantastic. Like it's yeah, like, so, so interesting to me that there's so many movies like this that are like weird sci-fi jams in the '80s that are all like uh, young teenage or tween boys that are like going on some crazy adventure and getting to have you know all this this weird stuff happen, and that this is like really centers this young girl who is just a complete monster just like the way she treats the boy that she has a crush on as you know gets him first it's just like a just a crazy bully to him and then gets him transformed by psycho gorman just because like he won't go chuck basketballs at people with her so many of my notes are just lines from the movie and give us a spin hunky boy yes <laughs> like as incredible as the practical effects are the most monstrous thing in this movie is just the level of Nita Josie Hannah's talent. She is crazy, insanely good as Mimi. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's an award that's for, I don't, this is a very specific style of acting, but even when I see kids acting, they're going like way over the top. I wouldn't be surprised if she ad-libbed a bunch of this stuff. The what delivery if- on even soft lines, like, I told you, grandma is in hell forever. Which is like, technically, <laughs> they're knocking, but <laughs> it's still really good. <laughs> There's so many subtle parts that are, like, super quick in, in this movie that just kill, kill me. Like, there's a scene where they're, it's during the montage. I think it's like during the part where they go to like a secondhand clothing store and he's trying out all the outfits, right? And he just walks out and some little girl riding by on her bike is like, nice costume. And he just like blows her up. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I could recognize this if I hadn't just seen Jurassic Park. 
But he ends up wearing Alan Grant's outfit from Jurassic Park, which yep. is yes. wild. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to look it up. I had to look up if there was any explanation, and there is, and it's that him and Alan Grant have the same character arc towards children in the film. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Stephen about that. I'm gonna be talking to Stephen later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him about the Alan Grant thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. I didn't notice that because I'm, but- I'm wondering if the if PG, if the, if that PG for short is if there's some sort of meta commentary about what's what is PG in movies and what kids can do in movies because. I will say, out of all the movies I've seen, this is like one of the most accurate depictions of children I've ever witnessed in a movie like this. Just because they're so like, you yep. can't say that you can't drop an f bomb in this movie, but every level of gore is acceptable. My daughter has seen it like five or six times. <laughs> She's like That's four. She loves it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think my wife would be cool with it, but I think my five year old, if she watched it would love this movie <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it is mimi in a lot of ways my daughter yeah. totally is you just you just saw that yeah, <laughs> yeah she did to punch you in the butt if i heard correctly yeah yeah she said i'm gonna punch you in the butt poo poo face something yeah i love mimi's lines i don't trust cops not one bit but then we get the coolest cop i've ever seen in a horror movie beardy make um ponytail cop i love him <sighs> Yeah, so I'm going to give you guys a little juicy bit if you haven't seen this. The Melty Cop that comes with him that shoots himself in the head, his name is Biocop, and he has his own movie. Okay, I was wondering. Now, when you said Biocop, I was... He's Biocop. If you look up... I I saw it on Vimeo. So, uh, like, they sent me Biocop on Vimeo. So if you look it up on Vimeo, I think you can check it out. It's not long. I think it's maybe 15 minutes or half an hour or something like that. It is short. But there's like a Biocop movie. So while we were working on this, there's just everyone like we talk about Biocop all the time. And the Biocop movie is like fantastic. It's really so good. This is uh, like the, the origin story of Biocop. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. I, I had seen yeah. that in Steven's credits. I, I, I wasn't sure if it was the same thing, but that's uh, it's cool. I have to track that one down. Yeah, that's definitely him. I love that the... I'm not sure who the other guy was, but the actress who played Pandora plays the mom of the kid that gets turned into a brain. At the end, there's a scene where they're just eating dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering Yeah, about that, that actress is actually the actress that plays Pandora. Nice. Yeah. So much of my favorite comedy comes from the interplay between, like, absurd and normalcy. And Alistair being turned into that brain monster and nobody treating him any differently. Yeah. Oh, uh, chef's kiss. Yeah. So there's, they, so good. there's a lot of stuff like the witch master is like speaking Japanese or something. And she's, she's subtitled, but Mimi automatically knows what she's saying. Like she can just follow everything despite how ridiculous it is, which I think is. Oh, the ridiculousness works for everything. Like Mimi and Luke in the crazy ball, where every time it cuts back, they've just suddenly magically gotten the ball back in their hand again. Yeah. I, I think like, one of the most interesting things to oh. me is, is like, Sego Gorman himself is so incredibly violent. And there's so much incredible violence in here. But the death that bothers me the most is when Pandora summons a random earthling to take her place and just squeezes her into that ball and it just turns into a box of blood. And like, she doesn't even talk to her. She doesn't like, yeah, it's just this unthinking 
she, she's a, a fascist killing machine. And I, I love how quickly they draw that line of, yeah, Psycho Gorman is an evil villain, but he is also like the rebel who's risen up against these like horrible fascist assholes that dress as angels. Raise that kill from a nine to a 10 for me was <laughs> she melts like her down into the cube and it's still beating. Like, so presumably there's a heartbeat, there's something going on. That woman is still alive as a cube. It's only for a few seconds, but those are the most nightmare seconds I can imagine. You're a cube. <laughs> yeah, everything everything that has to do with the sort of like super space sci-fi scenes where there's like the um, church pyramids in space, the way he does those worlds, I just pop for. I just freak out for his sci-fi scenes. And he did one of the shorts, I believe, in ABCs of Death. And uh, his short in ABCs of Death has that same sort of look to it. I don't know how to describe it. I think a lot of it is made with miniatures. And that's why it has that really funky look to it. You, it's almost like everything is like these little layers, almost like old animation. It's got a real wild look to it. And I, I'm just like obsessed with that. Like I, I want to see tons more of, of that stuff. It was so cool. All those sci-fi scenes are cool. Like this one where he's like just flying in this like giant ship. Like it was, oh man, that guy is, Steven is the best. He's, he's so cool. I, I wish this movie didn't happen during COVID because I feel like it could have gotten like even bigger. Like it, it, like seeing it in theaters. I think this movie could have had like some real like underground legs if it hadn't come out in COVID. Like yeah. got a chance really like get out there someday this is like a thing that people are watching at midnight showings because it yeah. feels like that and it deserves that kind of following that people people go see it at midnight and the fucking rituals around it and stuff like that because it's it's that good and it's that kind of thing and i i think i i was so happy to hear you guys were doing the comics around it because so much of the movie has this like feeling of like that world is so much bigger there's so much other stuff oh. going on there's like these fully formed ideas that like they touch on and they're on to the next thing. Yeah. I love this movie. I hope this movie just keeps growing through word of mouth and getting bigger and bigger because this instantly joins the pantheon of great horror comedies for me, like your Shaun of the dead and what we do in the shadows and Tucker and Dale versus evil and evil dead twos. Like this is, this is in that list. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I know you got to bail out because you got uh, people going to bed. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It was, it was great to talk to you. And uh, we oh, got great to talk to you guys too. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. so glad you love the movie. Um, I think you're going to dig the magazine when it comes out. It's going to be wild. And when we're done with this one with the council, we're going to do one on the paladins next. Ooh. Yeah. That's going to be cool. I think. I'm, I'm so, I'm very, very curious about the story of Meat Grater Man. <laughs> yeah so we did we haven't done a story on meat grinder man but a biocop story snuck into the magazine and so did a witch finder one of our creators was like so psycho excited and wild about witch finder or uh witch master that witch master got in there so she has a story but the uh I i'm really excited to do the rest of them the meat grinder guy especially would be really really cool i wanted to to actually when i was doing the kickstarter video i really wanted to get a costume of Psycho Gorman to like act in it, but it got completely destroyed no. when Psycho Gorman eats the the main uh, dark screen. 
they ruined the costume for that scene. It was the last scene that they did with the costume and they had to like cut it all open and make it all crazy to show the, the part where he's eating dark cream. Yeah. So they haven't built another costume because they're really expensive. So yeah. they're, uh, eventually they're gonna, they're gonna, they're trying to like raise a little money to like build another one. So that would be like super amazing. There's lots of like masks and heads of Psycho Gorman, but they don't have the body anymore. Maybe, maybe the head can make a cameo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, yeah. I saw this movie last year, I think maybe, maybe I've, I, all the time blurs together, but immediate was like, Jeremy, we're going to, we're going to talk about this movie because it's just so delightful. Yeah. And if you're looking for any more artists, let me know. Whoa. Yeah. I think. I think it's safe to say that all of us would jump at the chance to work on, on on any of this, but we just want to thank you for giving us some great insight and having a great conversation and gracing us with your time tonight. Yes. Oh, thank you guys so much. I'll talk about Psycho Gorman till the cows go home. That's the it's a, it's one of my favorite all time favorite movies. Now it's so cool, and I'm I, I'm so pumped to get to to make comics about it. I, I never really want to make comics about movies, but like this is this one I just like had to. There's so much fun stuff yeah. to explore in this movie just from the, the visuals alone. Yeah. Yeah. I had to I had to play in that sand, sandbox big time. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if people uh, just watch Psycho Gorman and they really enjoy this, what else would you recommend to go check out? If we're going to check some other stuff out, I would say check out The Void also by Stephen Kostansky. It's a really, really dope horror movie. He has another one short uh, called uh, man bore that's <laughs> freaking awesome and uh he's got a shorter one called biocop that if you find that it's a uh, really good also another one that's kind of like in the same vein is uh if you check out like mandy and uh beyond the black rainbow both canadian both directors are, are really just letting loose being 100 creative in their field there's no sort of like studio focus group kind of action it's like they're making comics with film because it, it's straight up original material and original content. I've heard and Mandy is a wild one, man. They, they really went wild and they let Nicolas Cage go wild, which is always uh, something I'm in favor of. <laughs> I, I haven't finished it, but I just started Pig today. I was watching his movie where he's living in the woods and his truffle pig gets kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. So I, somebody was telling me that uh, it's like Taken, but with a pig. I was like, yeah, it, okay. it's totally like taken, but he, he's trying to find his truffle pig and it's, uh, it's pretty intense so far. Uh, I've, I haven't finished it. I'm about 45 minutes in, but it's, it's pretty good. But Mandy's like a, along the same like lines, but I just love that director. Beyond the Black Rainbow was one of my favorite movies when it came out that year and Mandy like blew the doors off that. And then when I saw Psycho Gorman, I was just like, I'm in love because most stuff we see is so focus grouped or it's like very watered down. Like a Marvel movie is meant to appeal to 100% of people. You know what I mean? And I don't think good art should be that. You know what I mean? I think good art should come from the artist and the creator and it goes out there and some people are going to like it. Some people aren't, but it's an original vision an original piece of artwork. And that's what I love. The other stuff that's just meant to appeal to like absolutely everybody, it starts to get like, I, I don't know about you, but I'm just like completely bored of superhero movies. And like, I remember when there was no superhero movies, like when Batman came out in 89, we were all freaking out because, oh my God, it's a superhero movie. Oh my God. You know, and then Spider-Man came out. You're like, oh my gosh, we're getting to see this stuff 
on the big screen. And now that's all there is. And it's very watered down. Some, I think they need to take a chance. And uh, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this because I thought the first Suicide Squad was maybe the worst film I've ever seen. But the second one, like the second one by James Gunn was actually like hilarious. Like I went in yeah. thinking, I'm going to hate Wild this movie. I'm going to hate this movie with every fiber of my being. And I, I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. I couldn't say anything bad about it. So yeah. I think he's taking some chances and doing some some wacky stuff. And I think there just needs to be more of that. Like, I mean, I'm sure he has to appeal to some stuff. But what I like about Psycho Gorman and Mandy and, and Kostansky and these guys is that it's a pure vision of artwork that they love. Andy, can you let people know where they can find more about you and your work online? Yeah, if you go to lethalcomics.com, that's uh, our new publishing company, and um, I was one of the founders. You can find all my new comics there, information about me, and if you want to go to your Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I'm at andybelanger.com or at andybelanger on those things, and uh, you can find all my stuff. My Instagram is basically like my daily life and my publishing life and all my work happens there. And a lot of the Psycho Gorman stuff happens at Lethal Comics on Instagram. You can find us there and you can get all the, the new stuff about our Psycho Gorman comics that we're, we're making. Awesome. Oh my God, I'm a million percent in. Following now. I'm a pro wrestler as well. So if I'm wearing a mask in the profile, it's because I'm also a professional wrestler on the Fight Network with IWS here in Montreal. Uh, as for the rest of us, you can find Emily at Megamoth on Twitter and at Mega underscore Moth on Instagram and at Megamoth.net. Ben is on Twitter at Ben the Con and at their website on be at BenConComics.com where you can pick up all their latest books, including the brand new Immortals Phoenix Rising graphic novel from Great Beginnings and the Glad Award nominated Renegade Rule graphic novel. Uh, and finally, for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jrome 58 and on my website at JeremyWhitley.com where you can check out everything I write. And of course, the podcast is on Patreon at Progressively Horrified, our website at progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm, and on Twitter at Prog Horror Pod, uh, where we would love to hear from you. And speaking of loving to hear from you, uh, we would love it if you rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. That's the best way for us to find new listeners. Thanks again so much to Andy for joining us. It was great to have him. Be sure that you all go check out Lethal Comics and uh check out all the both the psycho gorman stuff they're doing and and everything else i will consume absolutely any and all content related to psycho gorman yeah <laughs> cool guys thank you so much of course yeah, have a great night and hopefully uh hopefully we'll be seeing you at conventions again soon yeah yes and i cannot i wait to read the comic yeah i'm i'm on six my, my, I started Heroes this year in North Carolina. I'm doing Dragon in Atlanta. And then I have uh, San Francisco, Texas, and Denver this year so far. What San Francisco show? Heroes. So. Going to be in November at the San Francisco show. It's a new one. Shoot. Maybe I'll see you there. I'm in yeah. Panama. Oh, cool. Right on. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pumped. Ever since Hi. WonderCon left there, I've been bummed out because going to WonderCon was like my favorite part of the year. Yeah, same. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thanks so much to Ben and Emily for being here as always. And until next time, stay horrified. The spooky music you're listening to right now is Epic Darkness by Mario Cole 06 and was provided royalty-free by Pixabay. Progressively Horrified was created by Jeremy Whitley and produced and edited by me, Alicia Whitley. This episode featured the horror squad, Jeremy, Ben and Emily, and special guest, Andy Bellinger. 
You can get more episodes and episode transcripts online by visiting progressivelyhorrified.transistor.fm. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, or let us know by visiting us on Twitter at ProgHorrorPod. Thanks for listening to the show, and as always, stay horrified. All right, guys. <laughs> Have a good one. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I was going to make a, a punch in the butt joke, but I couldn't think of it in time.